Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, your host of Let's Ride, your Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning podcast right here on the Steel Curtain Network, which is a part of Fans First Sports Network. Folks, I hope you're enjoying all the content. The Steelers won on this past weekend. I'm sure you listened to my Winners and Losers podcast on Monday. Got to be honest, I was a little tired during that podcast. That game was draining. All these games are draining. This team is draining. But nonetheless, they somehow, someway are 4-2, and two, and we're celebrating another victory. And how do we do that at Steel Curtain Network? Well, we give away gear. We give away swag, Victory Monday giveaway, Victory Monday shirt, whatever you want. We give you the equivalent of a T-shirt, and you can spend it however you want. You want to upgrade to us a hoodie? Do it. You want to get a different shirt? That's fine. The holidays are coming up. This is a great way to not only support the Steel Curtain Network, but also to show your your uh, your love for the Steel Curtain Network. Maybe you get a Ride or Die Crew t-shirt. How awesome is that? I always tell people that if you bought one, take a picture somewhere. Hey, here I am at the grocery store rocking my Ride or Die Crew t-shirt. I would absolutely love to see it. But here's the winner. This week, I had a little bit of a different spin to it. You had to follow the Steel Curtain Network. You had to follow Fans First Sports Network as well. A lot of you did that. We had a lot of recipients. The winner was, by random draw, a Ride or Die crew member. I know this for a fact. Brittany Shaw. That's right. Brittany Shaw. I'm going to message you from the Steel Curtain Network account. I'm going to need your information. We're going to email you that gift card. 
Brittany Shaw, congratulations. I believe that she has a little Steeler fan on the way uh, just based on my interactions with her on Twitter. So, Brittany, congratulations. We'll be doing these every single time the Steelers win. Make sure you check it out. And if you're wondering, how do I buy some of this stuff? Maybe if I didn't win this week, you don't want to wait. You want to get some stuff for the holidays. All you have to do is go to my Twitter account at jhartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T. The pinned tweet at the top of the profile is my Ride or Die Crew t-shirt with a link to the store. Go check it out. Buy some stuff. We do appreciate it. All right, let's get to some news. I'm only going to talk about the injury report from Mike Tomlin's press conference. I've said this before. I'll say it again. If you want to hear more about Tomlin's presser, go listen to Dave Schofield's uh, his press conference. I almost said Stat Geek. His press conference recap uh, podcast where he dives into everything that Mike Tomlin says. He gives some of his opinion, but still it's basically the rundown of the presser. Uh, For me, I'm going to let him do that. I wasn't as pissed off this week. I thought Tomlin had a much better attitude than he did a week ago coming off a bye. But for me, it's just the injuries. Cole Holcomb, I said this on Monday. When you have an ankle injury and they tape it up and you get back out there, a lot of times, sometimes they actually shoot it up, numb it up. Sometimes the adrenaline overtakes everything in terms of the pain receptors. And you end up going out there and playing the rest of the game. But then when the game ends, well, that's when it gets swollen. That's when it really starts to hurt. And that kind of was what Mike Tomlin was alluding to with Cole Holcomb with his ankle injury and that it might actually be a little bit more serious this week leading up to the game against the Jacksonville Jaguars at home in Week 8. So Cole Holcomb, don't be shocked if he's a little bit limited or doesn't practice early on in this week. The first practice report will be today, Wednesday. Now, also, he mentioned Anthony McFarland, who still has yet to be activated to the 53-man roster. He's coming off of IR with that knee injury. And then also... Cam Hayward, he was directly asked, hey, do you have an update? And he said, no update at this time. That does not mean that there's a setback, folks. Please understand that all he does not have to talk about players that are on injured reserve at all. Doesn't have to say a word. So he just said, no, there's no update. And he did say that Dan Moore played extremely well. I'm sure that really pissed off some fans that wanted to see Broderick Jones in there. He said he played well, and I'm going to relate that to his injury, which was prior to the bye week, the knee sprain. He seems to be back at full health. Okay. What I want to talk about today, I was thinking about this season so far. The Steelers have played six football games, and I honest to God feel like we are in the Steelers' twilight zone. Everyone knows the do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. If you don't know what I'm talking about, they're actually getting ready to on Paramount+. Plus. I didn't know this until I was looking it up. Uh, they're actually going to redo like some Twilight Zone, modern-day Twilight Zone, Hey, Twilight Zone was creepy as hell when I was a kid. I remember watching it on like TV land, and I, I'm not a fan of being scared and that suspense thriller type stuff. But anyways, if you haven't, if you're not familiar with the show, that's what it was. It was kind of like where every now and then there was a show where the people just like kept on reliving the same day over and over again. And I'm not talking Groundhog Day with Bill Murray. I'm talking about it was a little bit more intense than that. It was a little bit more dangerous, a little bit more scary. And I feel like right now we're in this this Steelers twilight zone. And the question is, is how are they going to get out of this thing? Let's go back. Week one, San Francisco 49ers at Acrosaur Stadium. Everyone's all geeked up. Here we go. And they lay an absolute egg. They look like, it looks like trash. It's a bad loss. Week two, Cleveland, Monday Night Football. They win. They win. Primetime, home division win. No one's excited because they literally had to have their defense win the game for them. Remember Alex Highsmith had the pick six early in the game. Uh, they had another turnover. They needed that defense to do it. The offense looks absolutely horrible, horrible win, but it was a win. Then you go to the Las Vegas Raiders, and that actually was a game where everyone's like, okay, that was a pretty good win. It wasn't 
perfect. It wasn't good, but it was better. It was better. We're trending in the right direction, right? Then week four comes. They go to Houston, rookie quarterback, rookie coach, rookie signal caller. We all know, or rookie play caller, I should say. We all know about all that extra stuff that week, and they get embarrassed. and They get their doors blown off. Remember, they take they, they win the toss. We want to kick off because we want to put our defense on the field. The Texans drive straight down the field, score a touchdown, and they never look back. That was a really bad loss. I would say that that was a worse loss than week one based on the opponent. So then you go to Baltimore in week five at home, another division game. Crazy, weird win, but they win. It was a it was a really bad performance on a lot of fronts. They required a lot of help in the terms of drop passes by the Baltimore Ravens. They required the, the offense to finally wake up at the end of the game, and they win. It's a bad win, but they win. Go on a bye. Come off the bye. What do we see this past weekend? I would say that the win over the Los Angeles Rams was absolutely a better win. I thought the defense played better. I thought the offense started to warm to the task in the second half. You see this trend that we're in. We're in this cycle. Bad loss. Horrible win. Better. Bad loss. Horrible win. Better. Six games. This has been the cycle. So how do they get out of this cycle? What has to change to break this really sick cycle that they're in? Well, I came up with some stuff. I thought about offensively and defensively because here's the thing. I could talk about trades or stuff like that because the trade deadline is coming up, and that is going to be something we will be talking about as it approaches. And I do hope the Steelers make a trade. I think I have some questions in the mailbag in the second half about that. But I will say this. These are tangible things that could be that could be implemented before the game on this Sunday. So I'm not even talking about, well, we got to hope this player develops and maybe he's able to contribute by the end of the season. No, like these are things that can happen right now. They can happen right now. So let's start on offense. I give four things on offense and four things on defense that I feel like the Steelers can they can do this. It can be happen. It can happen right away. That can get them out of this six cycle. Well, first and foremost, what we saw in the second half against the Rams was better offensive line play. That's a good thing. Isaac Sayamalo had his best game so far as a member of the Pittsburgh Steelers. They got to keep that going. And Dan Moore, while he struggled in pass pro, he did a much better job in run blocking. Was able to clear the way. They were doing some very unique runs, the pull and pin type stuff. The better offensive line play was noticeable. If that continues, it's going to help the second thing, the run game. I've said this before. I'll say it again. I said it on Monday. I said it on the postgame show. Kenny Pickett needs a running game. He has to have the support of a running game. He's not a quarterback that can say, all right, I'm going to sling it 50 times and we're going to go out there and win. And let's be honest with ourselves. Ben Roethlisberger wasn't that quarterback except for a few years in his prime. And even then, the data shows that when Ben Roethlisberger threw the ball that many times, they were they lost more games than they won. So Kenny Pickett, just like most quarterbacks, they thrive when they have a good running game. And then lastly, they they keeping it they're keeping it clean. This isn't last. I'm sorry. This is the third thing. They they're keeping it clean. They're not turning the ball over. Kenny Pickett does not commit the turnover. They don't have that crucial fumble. They're playing a clean brand of football. Think back to last year coming out of the bye. That was one of the biggest. Changes that happened immediately. The the game after the bye week last year, they played the New Orleans Saints at home, and that was like the first thing everyone noticed. Wow, like they didn't turn it over. So that's the same trend. The last thing, and I'm going to say this, and I'm sure people are going to get pissed, but I don't care. Mad Canada's game plan and scheme was much better coming off of the bye than it was before. 
Was it good? No. Was it great? Absolutely not. But it was better. It tells me that he's at least listening. The players are probably giving their input, and he's at least listening to what they're saying. It's a step in the right direction. If the guy's not going to go anywhere during the season, we have to hope we're taking steps in the right direction. Now let's go to the defense. So let's recap the offense before I go to the defense. Better offensive line play has to continue. Get the running game going, and that'll be tied with the offensive line play. No turnovers. We can't start doing that trend. And then lastly, the better scheme and the better approach to the games and the game plans. That's offense. Let's go to defense. The things that the defense can do is keep getting Joey Porter Jr. more involved. He played more snaps on Sunday than Levi Wallace. Good. That's what we want. And I've said it a million times. I'm sure that my ride or die crew that never misses a show, you're probably listening to this thinking, Jeff, you've said this before. But maybe there's someone that hasn't been listening to my show, or maybe they just found me. Welcome. Levi Wallace is not a guy that should be benched. He just shouldn't be playing as much. There's a big difference. Levi Wallace in the second half of the Rams game was used primarily in dime packages. That's when he should be playing. He should not be playing at a time when you're like, okay, crucial down and distance. We need, no, you put Joey Porter out there. He's a better defensive back. This also allows Patrick Peterson to move around. I'll mention my buddy, Chris Carter. On Twitter, Chris Carter, he actually had a really good video thread of how Patrick Peterson's play and moving him around the defense has been really helpful for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Go check that out. He's on Twitter at Carter Critiques. Okay, the next one, the unique usage of TJ Watt. So I was watching the game. Everyone notices this from time to time, and uh, this was on Twitter. John Ledyard, he actually pointed it out that TJ Watt is having to go through sometimes two, three players before he even gets to the tackle. Like, think about that. So he's having to go through a tight end. The tight end releases after he chips. Then he has a running back. Then he gets to the tackle. So people are saying, look, we are not going to let this guy wreck the game. Okay. He's getting the Aaron Donald treatment. That's exactly what the Steelers did against Aaron Donald on Sunday. So you have to be willing to, to move T.J. Watt around. How did he impact the game? It wasn't as a pass rusher. It was in coverage. He's an athlete. He can do that. The Steelers also flipped the script. They tried to move him to the other side at times. I want to say it was he and Nick Herbig were out on the field at one point, and right before the snap, they switched sides. You saw them before they snapped the ball switch sides. They're looking for the one-on-one matchup. They are going to have to be really creative with how they get T.J. Watt involved. Maybe he stands up in the middle sometimes. They've done it before. They have to be really, really specific, and they have to be very, very unique in how they approach using T.J. Watt. The next one, you have to see this continued trend of inside linebacker play. It's going in the right direction. The Cole Holcomb ankle injury does not have me feeling great. He is not the perfect inside linebacker, but he's your every down linebacker. You have Landon Roberts, who is a liability in coverage. I love what Quan Alexander brings to the team. I really like him, but I don't think he is the guy that wants to be out there every single snap. They need to rotate these guys. I hope Holcomb is able to play because they need that improved inside linebacker play. And lastly, not to be like last, but certainly not least, improved tackling. The Steelers need to improve their tackling. Joey Porter Jr., he said, look, it's it's not a one-two thing. He's he's wanting to. It's it's a form thing. It is a uh you know really a fundamental thing. So hey, he's got to do it. He knows it, and he's got to get better at it. The whole defense has to get better at it. They can do those four things: get Joey Porter Jr. more involved, 
unique usages of TJ Watt, better inside linebacker play, and improved tackling, this team is going to be markedly better than what we saw even last Sunday. This can happen for week eight. I hope you all realize that. Okay, let's go to the DEFCON levels. We didn't update these last week because there was no game. So here we go. DEFCON levels, offense first, quarterback. Last time we did this, it was a two. I'm going to actually go up to a three. You know, there's so many times where you have to say the guy is having these game-winning drives, fourth-quarter comebacks, and no, it's not pretty, and three is not a perfect score, but I got to move him up at least one because they're winning games and he's playing well in big spots. I want it to be better. It needs to be better, but I'm moving him to a three. Remember, by the way, one is horrible, five is good. Next, let's go to the wide receivers and tight end. Three, doesn't change from the last time. I loved seeing Deontay Johnson back. George Pickens benefited from that. Connor Hayward, I think, is a really unique tool that they have at their disposal. But, man, I would have bumped him up to a four, possibly. But, man, the penalties, the boneheaded penalties. Can't do it. You just can't do it. Let's go to running backs. I have a two. Najee Harris looked much better, but he is still making some decisions with his vision. I'm not saying that he has poor vision, but sometimes he just doesn't read the play very well. Instead of just putting his head down and trying to get two to three yards, he tries to bounce it outside, and it's a loss of two. There's a big difference between those two plays. So the running backs stay stagnant at a two. Offensive line, I'm moving him up one to a three. Again, Isaac Samalu's playing better. Mason Cole had a better game. I didn't like Chukes Akor for in this game. James Daniels is solid. The tackle spot, the tackle play leaves a lot to be desired for me. And then lastly, uh, well, we'll do special teams at the end. Let's go to defense. Defensive backs are a three. They go up one. Why? They're playing Joey Porter Jr. more, and he's playing well. Inside linebackers stay at a three. I like where they're trending. We'll put it that way. Outside outside linebackers stay at a four. They did not get to the quarterback much. Nick Herbig did. Congratulations to the Rook for getting his first sack. Other than that, it was really more from the interior, which is great. But the outside linebackers have not done enough to get back to that five where they were a few weeks ago. The defensive line, although playing better, are still struggling in run defense, and that's why I have them staying at a two. Staying at a two. Lastly, guys, special teams, you got to bring it up. Chris Boswell has been perfect. Presley Harvin has been damn near perfect, and that's why they are a five. That is right. They are a five. The special teams has gone up from a four to a five. Why? How could you complain about anything right now? Danny Smith's units are doing a great job, so they are at a five. And honestly, when I look at these overall DEFCON levels, the team is probably right around a two or a three. Like, that's where they are as a team, and that's what the majority of the scores are here. You do have your outliers, but that's where we are at this stage in the game. All right, I enjoyed that. Let's now get to the part I really enjoy, and that's the mailbag segment. We'll dive head first right when we get back. Stay tuned. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 
Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. All right, Steeler fans, welcome back to the second half of the show. It's time for the mailbag segment. You know the rules. You just got to find me on Twitter at jhartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T. Simple. Ask a question. I answer live on the show. Let's get started with Jeff Coons. He says, keeping with your latest movie theme, which is still A Few Good Men, he said, Darnell Washington reminds me of Lieutenant Sam, Lieutenant Sam Weinberg. I have no responsibilities here whatsoever. When might we see Washington inserted into an offensive game plan, especially with Fryermuth on IR? Opportunity knocks. So, yeah, I get the whole uh, analogy of of Lieutenant Sam Weinberg. Uh, I also understand that Mount Washington is not being used the way most fans want him to be. Here's what I'll say to that, though. They need to take care of the basics first. I said this on the post-game show. I'll say it here as well. Get Take care of the basics, meaning you got to be able to complete passes for two to three yards before you want to throw in wrinkles like oh we need to get our rookie down the seam I do think they will I do think they want to but at this stage in the game it's kind of like starting back over and learning how to walk you can't run before you walk Darnell Washington is the running we need to walk we'll get there hopefully soon let's go to Steeler Nation Australia Marky D he said good evening Jeff spelled it wrong can you please comment on special teams play this year I like what I see overall and then he did Throw in a subtweet. My bad, Jeff. I've been tweeting the other Jeff. He spelled it correctly. Yeah, get it right. Get it right or pay the price, as they used to say on uh, Nickelodeon. Anyways, uh, so I love the special teams. I, I've talked about it. They got a five on the DEFCON levels, rightfully so. Chris Boswell is back. Presley Harvin's looking great. 
coverage units are good. I'd love to see a little bit more in the return game. Calvin Austin, don't fumble the ball, man. Don't fumble the ball. He looked a little Antoine Randall-esque in terms of his east and west movements and not so much north and south. But good good stuff. Thanks for the question, Mark. Let's go to another Mark, Mark Bergen. He's a Believe in Steelers with Ike Taylor, and I've been on his show. He's been on my show. I thank him for asking the question. He asked, why aren't the Steelers targeting Darnell Washington in the passing game? I kind of answered this already, Mark, but I'll tell you, I think they will. And it's just a matter of when can they feel that if they are using him as, let's say, an extra tackle. Think back when Zach Banner was the tackle-eligible player. And he was he was never tasked with going out for a pass. That's kind of what they're doing with Darnell Washington right now. I think eventually they will use him in the passing game more. But I think that obviously against the Rams, they wanted the athleticism of Connor Hayward. We'll see what the Jacksonville Jaguars bring to the table and see what the Steelers do this weekend. Let's go to Brian Haynes. He has a bunch. He said, how confident are you in the offense? I know the defense gives us a chance every week but not starting until the third or fourth quarter isn't sustainable. Can they write the ship and how long until they do? I think they can write the ship and I think it could happen quickly. You, t- you listen to the first half. I think some of those changes are made. They could actually see these, these things start to change pretty quick. Deontay Johnson being back helps a lot. It's all going to come down to the offensive line. Let's go to the next question. Brian says, right now, would you rather have Justin Tucker or Boz? For all the hoopla and praise for Tucker, I'm honestly taking Boz. Boswell knows Acrisure Stadium slash Heinz Field. Give me Chris Boswell. Next one from Brian. Overtime against the Jags. We win the call. Do you want the ball or are you kicking it? I don't know if I trust our offense to be able to score, but I trust that Boz can get in range and drill one through the uprights. Well, you got to remember, in overtime, if Chris Boswell were to nail one through the uprights, it's, that does not end the game. They have They would get, meaning the Jacksonville Jaguars would get another possession, and if you stop them, then you win the game. Or if you go out on defense first and the defense stops them, they've had their possession. Therefore, all you would need is a field goal to win it. For me, I'm not going to say anything right now about overtime because I would want to see how the game is played out up until that point. If the defense has them figured out and they're playing good football, especially in the fourth quarter, I'm going to put my defense out first and I'm going to say, get us, make a stop. But we'll see how it plays out, right? Let's go to next. Brian, fill in the blank. TJ Watt is a top blank player in Steelers history, is a top 10 player. And that's saying something. He's a top 10 player. That is saying something in Steelers history. Go back to all the greats in the 70s. Go back to the, the great players in the early 2000s and even some of the great players in the 1990s. Go back, and I still think he's a top 10 player. Okay, that's here. He says, Corey says, I'm sorry, Corey and Brian have the same ones. Brian, they have the same uh, emoji or the uh, avatar, whatever you want to call it. Brian Haynes, last one. Would you rather coach the Washington Sentinels replacements or the Miami Sharks any given Sunday? Give me the Miami Sharks because I can't stand the movie The Replacements. Very good. And don't tell Brian Davis because he'll get pissed. Corey Eckenross says the running game looked great in the beginning of the game. Any idea why Canada would go away from the five plus yards per carry that Najee was getting in the first quarter? That's a really great question. And I, I'm not sure why. I'm not sure why, unless he felt that the Rams were making adjustments and loading the box, and therefore you got to throw it. You can't run your head against the wall. We do have to remember that sometimes they will make adjustments that are actually smart adjustments. Doesn't mean they're successful, but they're smart if they're loading the box, doing nothing but banging your head against the wall because you're, you know, hey, we're outnumbered, but let's keep running it. That was the same criticism Matt Canada got early this year. So keep that in mind. Nathan Vance likes it. Hey, Jeff, I don't have a Steelers-related question today, but I do have a job interview today at 115. Wish me luck, my ride-or-die crew. Nathan, that job interview's 
over and done with, but I hope you got it, man. Good luck. I, I hope everything worked out well for you. Haskins QB1. Hey, Jeff, do you think the Steelers will be buyers or sellers at the trade deadline, and have you all talked to your sources yet, and what are they saying? You know, I haven't. Haven't talked to my source yet. I will. I should. I'm going to send him a text, see what he says. I think they'll be buyers. I really do. I think they'll be buyers. They, they might make a trade, which is a player-to-player trade. Think about the the move that was made where that sent Terrell Edmonds from Philadelphia to Tennessee. Maybe a move like that. Uh, oh, gosh, if they could get Pat Sertain. I know that that's such a pipe dream, but my my gosh, that would be fantastic. Let's go to Brian Katz, bagels and bong rips. What were the most obvious adjustments that the Steelers made between week six and seven, meaning the bye week? I think on offense is what you really saw the change. And defense, the the infusion of Joey Porter Jr. was obvious. Uh, how they moved Patrick Peterson around was obvious. On offense, so you definitely saw different runnings, different running plays. Uh, you saw a, a more comfortable scheme. That's the biggest thing I could say. And those were visible to me. Uh, Corey Eckenroth asked another one. What do you want to discuss now, my favorite color? And that's to the... Uh, my gift that I used for this specific show, which was obviously Jack Nicholson being interrogated at the end of the movie. And he's asking about his footlocker and what he brought when he came to Virginia. And he goes, ah, what do you want to discuss now? My favorite color. Such a great movie. One of the best scenes in any movie ever. Let's go to tank. He asked a bunch. He said, rock to the Naj and wear them down. Warren are the best running back. Boom. Or best running back duo. Pittsburgh dad needs to call Tom. So, yeah, Najee Harris and Jalen Warren, everyone wants to say, who's number one? It doesn't matter. They need them both. That's what Mike Tomlin said after the game, and I agree with him 100%. Next from Tank, with DJ18 and Pickens making plays, was Austin the third even on the field? Uh, he was, but not as much. And this is my this is my concern with this. My concern is minimal, but it is a concern. I still think that Calvin Austin can be a guy that can take the top off of defense, but if you're not going to put him on the field very often, guess what? He It's like a red flag. Oh, wow, 19 is checked in, everyone. Here we go. Get ready, get ready, get ready. That's exactly what it turns into, and that can't happen. Cannot happen. They have to have a plan that gets him on the field more often, even if it's just doing jet sweep motions and maybe getting the ball because he is that type of threat. They need that. They need to get that type of threat on the field. All right, Tank said, people seem to forget that deep ball in the first quarter uh, that Pickens uh, hauled in but was out of bounds. That drive that drive would have been some crazy moment if it worked. Didn't really chuck it again. What do you think? Why do you think? I don't know. And, hey, Mike Tomlin pointed this out, and he said, look, our quarterback threw the ball out of bounds. For some reason on the broadcast, they made it sound like it was Pickens' fault. I don't know if I buy that unless somehow Pickett is reading Pickens on the field and trying to throw the football based on where he sees him. I don't know. Uh, if he's if he puts him in a better spot, it's probably a touchdown if we're being honest with each other. Okay, let's go to Eric. Eric asked, you said, who's the most improved player from last year? The most improved player from last year. This is a tough question for me. I'm going to have to go with a player that's not – I mean – he was on the team last year. He was injured. But DeMonte Casey, I think, has been much improved, much more physical than I thought. Oh, I'm trying to think on offense who I could put into this category. I think Connor Hayward's been a lot better blocking. But, yeah, there's been it's been tough to gauge improvement so far. But Eric continues. Also, Terrell Edmonds was just traded to the Titans for a fifth and sixth round pick. If you were con, would you call the Titans? If so, how much would you be willing to give up? 
I would say I'd give up a, a fifth or sixth round pick for Trell Edmonds and see if I can get him back. If they value him, clearly they don't. If they did, they would have brought him back. That's what we have to remember. If they did value him, they would have brought him back, and they didn't. So keep that in mind. All right, Big Cat, he asked a couple questions. He said, since we plucked Darius Rush from the Kansas City practice squad, I believe it's mandatory that we have to put him on the active roster. He is. Since his preseason tape is so rough, we'd assume Rush is a project for next year. Is he worth the 2023 roster spot since he's likely projected for 2024? This was something that, and I put this on Twitter, I watched Mike Tomlin's press conference Tuesday at noon. I was really hoping someone was going to ask him about Rush. You know, you pick a guy off of a practice squad. You do. That's an NFL rule. You have to put them on the active roster. It's like, okay, someone ask about Rush, and no one did. So we're not really sure what they saw in him that made them get him off the practice squad or where they project him being. I think that 2023, he will eventually be active. I think he'll be as a special teams gunner type. Maybe he supplants someone like James Pierre or Miles Boykin. Um, more, I would think more Pierre than Boykin if they think he has more upside as a defender. We'll see, but I agree with you 100%. Next from Big Cat. In 2019, after Ben went down with a season-ending injury and basically pushed us out of major contention, we still traded for Minka because our safety room was so bad. In mu- uh, much better shape... Oh, it's in much better shape than in 2019. Did the Steelers get proactive before the deadline to get cornerback help? I would love to see them get proactive and find someone and make a trade. Someone that can come in and help right away. You mentioned Rush in your last tweet. Not him. He's not that guy because he's a project, like you said, and I agree. Get someone that's proven. Again, but the pipe dream is Patrick Sertain. I'm not expecting that to happen. That's the pipe dream. Last one from Big Cat with all the hate Matt Canada gets from the Steelers fan base. Terrell Austin is by far the worst coordinator. Last time I checked... Uh, Matt Canada doesn't have multiple all-pro veteran guys. With the defense being so inconsistent, does TJ have Austin's job or both coordinators gone in 2024? You know, that, that's I think that I've been saying this before the season started. Go back, all the way back to, I think it was right before the season started, and that two-week stint before the regular season began, I had Tim Benz on, and I asked him about Terrell Austin. He's like, he doesn't get any flack. Everyone just kind of is like, oh, well, you know, the Matt Canada sucks, but then he's not too bad. I think that Terrell Austin leaves a lot to be desired. And so I agree with you that he's not doing a great job. He does have a lot of a much better talent base to choose from. But I do think that there's a good chance that if, if things don't turn around, that they could have two new coordinators in 2024. Uh, but I would still bank on them keeping Austin, barring something catastrophic happening. Uh, let's see here. Mike Clark, he asked a question. He said, hey, Jeff, do you honestly think something is going on with the officials? rigged betting it's getting worse if you listen to my podcast now i hope that all my ride or die crew have given it given it a shot go to the ffsn nfl feed wherever you get your podcast just type in ffsn space nfl and on monday and tuesday monday i do a show it's normally live around 11 o'clock with rob stats guerrera he does our 49ers coverage and it's the fans first football show we recap every single game on sunday I really love doing that show, and I really love doing my Tuesday show with Kevin Smith. Yeah, you've heard Kevin Smith on once a week here with uh, our buddy Brian Davis. Nonetheless, I talked on this NFL Whip Round. That's the show I do with Coach Smith. We talked about this, and I do think the integrity of the game is being called into play. The officiating is awful. It is the biggest concern for this league moving forward. Not concussions, not head injuries, or just safety of players. It is the biggest issue 
facing the league right now. Okay, let's get some other ones here. Bob, Ray, I think it's Rayberg, says Minka is great, but breaking up his partnership with Edmonds seems to have been de- detrimental to the defense. Having Minka playing the robber role resulted in much more splash while Edmonds played closer to the line in the hybrid linebacker role. Mistake to let him go? Want him back? I do think it was a mistake to let him go, and I would love him back. I would be fine having him back. If you want to trade Keanu Neal or even DeMonte KZ, do it. Love to have him back because Minka Fitzpatrick is a different player when he's in the lineup. Another one from Bob. Any update on Jeffrey Benedict and a possible return to podcast land? I miss his insight and hope he isn't is it hope he's able to return at some point. I have not spoken with Jeffrey since the season began, but uh, I do know that Dave Schofield was going to reach out to him and see if, if he ever wanted to return. The door's always open for him to return. That was not a broken, you know, a, did not burn any bridges, was in that situation. If Jeffrey wants to come back, we have a spot open for him. Let's go to Jackson. He has a couple questions. Six games into the season, are there any moves that you wish the con artists had made and didn't make? Did you see Khan making any trade moves before the deadline? I could see him making moves, and I, I'm not going to second-guess the moves that were made. I'm really not. Uh, they're not all, all going to pan out. They never do. So I'm not going to second-guess things. Also, Jackson said, do you think Najee's fifth-year option will be picked up? That depends on how this season plays out. Let's go to Gray Robes. He said, hey, Big Ben and KP took three quarters before things click. What do you equate that to? I'm less inclined to just say they are clutch. It seems to be a Canada system issue or something else. Yeah, I mean, every quarterback, I think, at times has these moments and these lulls where they just can't get it together, but finally something happens. I think that sometimes it is a scheme thing. Sometimes it's a coordinator's maybe an inability or a lack of willing to adjust in-game. They kind of want to see if they can their scheme, their plan can work before abandoning it. Some coaches do this earlier than others. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, it's definitely a puzzler. Definitely a puzzler. Let's go to Schnecke. He says, Michael Beck's delusions of grandeur aside, do you see any realistic trades happening at all this season? Fun names out there, but I know that usually it isn't the Steelers' style. What do you think? I agree. It's not the Steelers' style, but that doesn't mean it couldn't happen. I think the Steelers absolutely could, you know, go out there and, and make a play. I think they could go out there and, and make a trade. Is it going to be a big name like Pat Sertain? No, I don't think the Broncos are going to trade that guy. He's that good. But could they get someone else? that is uh, maybe a veteran that could come in and still be a serviceable piece, I think they could, and I actually think they will. Let's go to David Briggs. Do you think people will change their tone on Purdy being the best quarterback in the 2022 draft? Kenny steps up no matter what game-winning drives, while if, or what no matter what on game-winning drives, while if Purdy is struggling, it continues when his team needs it the most. And he's talking mostly to the fact that the 49ers lost to the Vikings and are now 4-2. and two. Yeah, Purdy is... A seventh-round pick, he is a system guy. Kenny Pickett is not in a good system. Therefore, you cannot label him as a system guy. I think both quarterbacks will have a future in this league. I'm not going to say it's super bright for either guy right now. But at the same time, Purdy, is he's won a lot of games. You can't take that away from him. Number two from David, is stats changing his tone on the Niners? I don't know. I'll have to talk to Rob on next Monday, which the uh, 49ers will have a game in by then. We'll have to discuss but I think he he knows that the NFC is wide open, and he knows that the Niners are still a really good team, even though they've struggled of late. Let's go to James. He says, I, like many, wanted Broderick Jones starting this last game. However, I'll give credit where it's due. Dan Moore held up and even looked athletic in one trap play. Nice job, Canada. What are your thoughts on his performance and the outlook of the tackle position? 
I would love to find a way to get Dan Moore to not suck at right tackle. If he could not suck at right tackle, they could put him at right tackle and Broderick Jones at left tackle, and I think that is a hell of a duo. Really good duo. But unfortunately, like I said, Dan Moore is no good at right tackle. So I don't know what the plan is there. I think they're just going to slow play it like they always do and see what happens. All right, last one from SteelerFan69. Speaking of Matt Canada, this is funny. Good way to end it. Speaking of Matt Canada, what does TV evangelist Joel Osteen and Matt Canada have in common? Both can make thousands of people yell, Jesus Christ. Amen, Steeler fan 69 Thank you to everyone that contributed. We had over 30 questions. I know that you all love getting your questions answered. I do appreciate everyone. Uh, it's, it's absolutely awesome. Absolutely awesome. I, I'm awed and floored every week when you all take your time to find my Twitter feed ask questions, and I know you all listen to the answers, so I do appreciate it. Hey, coming up on Friday, we got Behind Enemy Lines with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Already have that lined up. Excited for that. All bets are off. That is going to be back as well, so make sure you're in tune with that, and make sure you're listening to all of our stuff at the Steel Curtain Network. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. That's it. That's it. I'm, I'm happy to be here. I'm happy the Steelers are 4-2. and two. You should be too. You know how we finish it out here. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. Have a great rest of your week. We'll see you on Friday. Good to you. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.